0: Coming up on Does America, first Fight Club, then Friends. Now they want to edit the Holy Bible. Hmm, China must be taking a page out of the George Lucas special edition handbook. Dan Andros joins us to talk about that. And I finally have a plan to get my new car, but it's going to require some light high seas piracy. No big deal. Blaze TV subscriptions are the hot ticket item this season. Get 10 bucks off yours at BlazeTV.com slash when you enter the promo code Stu. And what goes up must come down As conservatives continue to lead the nation in rationality, let's end this war once and for all, as we do the fall of Omicron. Stu does America. Over the last couple of years, we've taken to the uh, habit of doing a rise of the variant and the fall of the variant show when it seems like... It's finally been defeated. We did rise of Delta, fall of Delta, rise of Omicron, now fall of Omicron. And we're happy to deliver the fall of Omicron news. It's kind of an important thing. Um, Yet, you know, it seems like the news has been pretty good lately on the COVID front. Things are improving drastically. And yet we still see this guy on television every day giving us bad news. Now, we could get lucky. Because the trajectory right now is going way down. And it very well may be that if you take masks off the kids, in the next week or so, it's going to keep going down. But you've really got to be careful. You know, you don't want to say it's an absolutely wrong decision. It's understandable why people want to take masks off the kids. But right now, given the level of activity that we have, it is risky. Is it? Is it risk? When has it been risky for kids in COVID? This entire pandemic, it hasn't been risky for kids. Uh, here we go uh, with yet another clip from Anthony Fauci, and I think there's a there's something we should look at ourselves internally a little bit here on the conservative side of the aisle, because this clip made the rounds pretty much everywhere, and I understand why. You know, everybody knows that masking kids makes no sense. It's never made any sense. There's never been science to back it up, and yet. Here we are in year two, this still is going on, and Fauci's on CNN for the 500,000th time saying the same thing. Stop going on television. So we look at it and we get upset about it and we focus on Anthony Fauci for the millionth time. You know, we keep complaining about people listening to Anthony Fauci. Maybe we should start this here and stop listening to Anthony Fauci. Now you might say I haven't been listening to him the whole time. Well, we keep playing these clips over and over again. We keep complaining about every little recommendation this guy makes. Who cares what he says? I'm not listening to him. Are you? Let's just brush him away and and, and push him to our rearview mirror and hopefully memory hole the guy for uh, for all time. Uh, because there's good news here. For example, let me give you this. This is not it's not uh, Texas doing it. It's not Florida doing it. It's not Mississippi. Uh, Let me give you some places where vaccine requirements are being lifted across America right now. Seattle, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul, Washington, D.C., New York, Newark, New Jersey. These aren't just mask mandates. These are vaccine mandates. This is a good trend. It's allowing people to get back to the freedom that they should have had this entire time. Again, did you lead the way on this? And, uh, and, and, and they were fighting you the entire time? Yes, that, that is true. You probably were. However, it's good that they're following along. It might take a little while, but it's good that we're seeing it. And look, it's hard to deny at this point that we're in the right position to get rid of these restrictions. Uh, Omicron has come, and Omicron is in the middle of going. Let me give you Chartapalooza! Yes, it's time. Conservanerds, unite. We have charts for you all day long. This is the charts. Uh, These are the charts that, of course, you need. You need in your life. Everybody who comes to this show says, you know what I need? Charts. If you're on podcast, of course, I will uh, do my best to explain these to you. Uh, They're pretty uh, self-explanatory and you've seen them before. Here's a uh, confirmed uh, COVID cases graph. And you got, uh, you know, you got your little bumps at the very beginning when no one had any tests. Then you kind of have the alpha wave of the of the winter of 2020 to 2021. You've got the delta wave as we were in the winter of 21 to 22. And then you've got the giant peak of Omicron going all the way to the ceiling and at what? 3 or 4 times the previous waves that's only cases however the chart for deaths looks completely different and what you see here is it didn't even rise above the the alpha wave of the 20 to 20, 2020 2021 Winter, um, you know, we've peaked at a uh, at a number that is still horrific and we don't want it happening. People are still dying out there. It's not over, but we've obviously gone past the peak at this point and are coming back down, hopefully all the way to the floor this time. Uh, But you see that things have improved quite a bit. There's a couple reasons for this. Right. Uh, You have, of course, Omicron being a different variant and not being as virulent. You know, you have vaccines and advanced treatments and previous Um, uh, natural immunity that takes part in all of this as well. But things are getting better and they're getting better fast. And let me just highlight the Omicron thing here, because we keep there is always some scare story about a new variant coming out. And you get all these new facts right at the beginning and you don't know whether to believe them or not. Omicron was pretty much as advertised It kind of felt it really did follow that pattern that we heard very early on in South Africa uh, when it was initially uncovered. It's kind of interesting. What we were told is going to be a lot more contagious, but it's not going to be as deadly. It's not going to be as bad. Let me give you a couple charts that show that here from the United States. Here's the United States as a whole. There are three lines on this chart. You see at the beginning of this chart, all three lines run about equal with each other. They're right around each other, basically inter- intertwining. As we get towards the Omicron um, uh, wave here, though, you see something totally different. The red line, which is cases, goes up through the ceiling. The orange line, which is hospitalizations, goes up just a teensy beatsy bit. And the gray line, which is deaths, goes up even less. This is a good thing. And it was kind of seen all over the place. This was Really nothing to do with how you dealt with this particular wave, all the mask mandates that were in place, all the vaccine mandates that were in place, all the kids that had to come in with their cloth masks that did absolutely nothing. None of that really made much of a difference. Let me give you a couple examples of that. New York, you see the chart looks pretty much the same. Uh, The red line of cases goes way, way up, but the hospitalizations and deaths go up. Much, much less. How about Florida? Totally different approach, right? What do you see? Basically the same freaking graph. Charts way, uh, cases way up, hospitalizations up just a bit, and deaths up even less than that. North Carolina, let's pick a purple state here and look at what you have. Same exact type of thing. You know, cases through the roof, hospitalizations up just a little bit, deaths up even less than that. These are good things. And we saw a really widespread Uh, virus uh, go across the country and give people uh, natural immunity and fortunately kill at a much lower rate. Now, look, it went everywhere. So a lot of people still suffered with this. And, you know, we've we've seen that all over the country. But that being said, we always feel bad for people who die of disease, people who die for really any reason. You feel bad for them. Uh, And you want you want to stop as many of those as you can. But when you're looking at this from a societal standpoint, the Omicron wave, combined with all the other stuff we were talking about with treatments and previous immunity and all the uh, other uh, situations that we've been discussing forever, have really improved this to a point where now and this is according to The New York Times, uh, if for vaccinated people, it is now less deadly than the regular flu. So what are we doing? Right. Why are these things still happening? And I think it's important to, uh, to make sure that it's not just a, a, a partisan thing. This is going across the country. Now, the left has tried to make it partisan. And if you're on Twitter today, uh, you probably saw something um, uh, trending that was called red COVID. Um, and red COVID is not a new variant. You know, it's funny because we went through the whole thing with alpha and beta and epsilon and gamma and delta and Omicron. And I still don't know what's coming next in the Greek alphabet. It's always a surprise to me. It's like a it's like a shocking uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist when they tell us what the next letter is. I'm so excited about it. So I don't know what the next one would be, but it's not red. Red COVID, not a new variant. It's basically an attempt to say that uh, because people on the right have been vaccine hesitant, Uh, They are getting the worst of this situation. And there's some charts that went out there and I want to talk about them a little bit. This is uh, one chart from uh, New York Times uh, and it shows uh, a few different things. What it basically tries to do is it looks at uh, the COVID data on a county level. And if you happen to be a big Biden county, how did you do against COVID? And if you happen to be a big Trump county, how did you do against COVID? And what you see is a bunch of intertwining spaghetti lines. But I will try to explain them for you. You see. The blue line, the darkest blue, are hardcore Biden counties. You know, 70, 80% voting for Joe Biden. What you see with that chart is the death rates in in the Biden counties are much worse at the beginning from February uh, 29th, 2020 uh, until basically January 2021. There are more deaths in the Biden counties. And of course you remember this from New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and all those types of places that got hit with that first wave really hard. About that time, this is about when vaccines are just coming out onto the market. You see these lines intertwine and the hardcore Trump counties where they voted 70, 80, 90 percent for Donald Trump start to lead uh, the the way in the death rates. Overall, they stay pretty close together all until about the summer of 2021. And then you see a major uptick for the Trump counties uh, as opposed to the. Biden counties. Another way to look at this is uh, the COVID deaths per 100,000 people over the previous 30 days. And you see the same type of thing play out where the Biden counties very, very much uh, had it much worse in that first uh, wave. And then after that, once uh, vaccines get introduced, you see that split up quite a bit. And the uh, Trump counties have it the worst Uh, The purple counties, kind of the swing counties are in the middle and then the Biden counties are at the bottom. And this is being used, of course, on Twitter to try to say, look how smart Democrats are and look how dumb Republicans are. That's the way these things always get spun. Now, there are complicating factors here, of course, when it comes to age. And, um, and, and, you know, there's there's multiple. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, But, you know, look, vaccines uh, are a factor there as well. And here's the thing. And I keep coming back to this. What's your point? You don't you don't care about people in Trump counties. When has anyone on the left ever cared about a Trump voter? These are people they are literally telling us are bringing insurrection into the country. They are people who are trying to overthrow uh, uh, our form of government. They are racist. They are haters. They are transphobes and homophobes and phobephobes and all the phobes. They don't care about whether Trump voters live or die. What they care about is their own little talking point. And this is the these are the charts they're using uh, to get themselves there today. We can get all fired up about that if we want. You know, I think at this point, we're all adults. If you want to make a decision to not get treated in one way or to get treated in another way, it's kind of on you, isn't it? At this point. Is it, on, is, it, is it really a government decision at this point? You make your decisions for yourself. You live with the consequences of your own actions. That's all us conservatives have ever wanted. That's all we've ever wanted. I keep hearing all the other approaches from the left, and we've been hearing those forever, but all we've ever asked for is a chance to make our own decisions without the government getting in our face, and we will live or die by the consequences. And you know what? Sometimes people make really dumb decisions. Sometimes people eat at Arby's. But the bottom line here is that you are able to step up and make your own decisions for your own family and you live or you die or you survive or you thrive. All of the outcomes are supposed to be on you as much as is feasibly possible. So why is the left even trying to do this? You know, I think we can look at this and we can say, we're going to get upset about this. And we are. We're going to still push back against Fauci, of course. We're still going to push back against misleading narratives on the left. It's, it's really important. But let's also look at where we are factually. The battle of COVID is not over um, because we're going to be dealing with this forever. There's going to be people probably dying for as long as we're going to be able to uh, see into the future. Maybe someday they'll come up with the perfect treatment and we'll all be OK. But you know what? That's probably a ways off still. Um, that's all you can do. And people still die of the flu. They still die of car crashes. They still die for lots of things. But we're past this panic pandemic part of of this story. And we have been for a long freaking time. We've been talking about this here for a while. You've been talking about this with your friends for a while. The left has not been talking about it. But you know what? They're talking about it now. Now we can uh, get out, travel, take some vacations. We want to celebrate some of our favorite times by turning our new memories into art. Yes, you can do this. Uh, Get a professional hand-painted portrait created by really an amazing artist at a truly affordable price. Or you can combine photos of people or places you love into one painting. That seems really cool. I have no uh, painting talent whatsoever. Our, our own Glenn Beck happens to be a pretty uh, talented painting uh, painter these days, which is kind of frustrating. I don't like when he uh, is good at things. Um, but you can get a great artist to take your photo and turn it into an amazing piece of art. I, I have a picture of the kids, and we went, to, we went on a vacation to North Carolina a couple of years ago and they're standing under this pier and they're just, you know, like, I'm like, oh, let me take a picture of you. We're under the pier, the pier's in the background, the ocean's behind them. And I was able to get a a real, like an awesome painting done of this photo that's in our house now. It's really, really cool. And you can get this done really quickly. Uh, You go online. You, give, you submit the picture, I and mean, it takes maybe five minutes uh, to get the whole thing uh, started. And it's, it makes a perfect birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. It's paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited-time offer, you can get 20% off your painting, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word "stew" to 64000. You can text the word "stew" S-T-U. To sixty-four thousand term supply. They're available at painterlife.com. Again, text stew to sixty-four thousand. Happy to welcome back Dan Andros to the program. He's the managing editor of FaithWire.com. Just published a new piece. China's government, uh, communist government, is reportedly rewriting the Bible and calling Jesus a sinner. But that's not all. As if that's not enough, I'll tweet a link out to it uh, here shortly. Dan, how's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. This is an interesting approach uh, from China. Uh, um, I didn't know you could rewrite the Bible. Yeah,
1: well, when you're a communist government, there's a lot of things that you can do that you didn't think were really allowed to be done before. But uh, that is what they're doing. And this is a project that the Chinese Communist Party uh, announced back in 2019. At the time, they said it would be about a 10-year process. So we're a couple years into this. They wanted a new translation of the Bible. And it's interesting because some of the things that they're saying they're going to put in it were it would include, you know, Confucian and Buddhist principles, among others. But in reality, it's mostly just to support the Communist Party. Yeah,
0: it's, they do have what they would they would refer to as a Christian movement in in China. But it's like a Christian movement that's registered with the Chinese Communist Party right. and seems to have very little to do with actual Christianity.
1: Right, that's that's very true. And you know, when you look at the communist regimes, Stu, obviously they view themselves as the ultimate authority. And part of the reason you see the crackdowns on like the Uyghurs, for example, that's a obviously a Muslim mm-hmm. uh, group, and uh, on Christians as well, is because anyone to them who has a higher authority, a God that they revere and that they look to, the, the communist government views this as a threat, and so that's why they're rounding up. Uh, these Muslims and they're putting them in these camps and they're saying that we've got to reeducate their thinking. Uh, And of course that's all reeducated towards communist propaganda. And it's, and so what they do to these churches is they force them to comply with these communist government rules and regulations. And so they say, yeah, we have the church, but that's a tenuous claim at best because it's, it's not really the church. I mean, especially if they're actually capitulating to these views where you know, if there's a picture of Jesus on the wall in at, at a church somewhere, well, you've got to put a picture of G right next to it, you know, mm. um, and then they'll occasionally bring in these, you know, uh, thugs and henchmen or whatever, their authorities to come in there and, and enforce this stuff. And to the point now where you have Christianity in a lot of cases in China uh, going underground. And uh, we've had stories that are incredible that we've covered over on Faithwire and CBN, Christians there, for example, interacting with like American missionaries doing Bible studies and they had memorized whole books of the Bible because mm. they know that at any moment their Bibles could be taken away from them. So they're showing up at these Bible studies without Bibles, but they can do the Bible study because they got the whole thing memorized.
0: Uh, it really is incredible. I mean, some of the people who are, have come out of the underground in China and, and North Korea as well, have it's they've been incredible stories. Um, with the China rewriting the Bible situation. Can you give us an example? Because this isn't just like, you know, a word here or there. These are pretty significant rewrites.
1: Yeah, this is one that was highlighted by our friends over at Voice of the Martyrs, which is an organization that highlights Christian persecution around the world, and they do great stuff. Um, And this is one that they highlighted and we reported on as well. And it's, uh, you know, you may be familiar with the story in the Bible, the woman at the well and, um, you know, she's caught in sin and, and they're like, what do we do with her? And they want to stone her. And then Jesus comes up and says, you know, he was without, you know, sin among you, you can cast the first stone. And of course they're all like, well, we all have sinned. So, you know, they're kind of, it's like a mic drop moment. Yeah. And then Jesus tells her to go and sin no more. That's what happens in the Bible. Mm. In the Chinese version in the new communist approved version, you know, you have the whole story happens, but then at the end of it, when everyone, when he says, we all have sin, you know whoever doesn't have the first sin get to that part, they all go out. Then it says, Jesus stoned the woman himself and said, I am also a sinner.
0: <laughs> this changes some significant parts of the story here, Dan. <laughs> first Just of a all, little bit. Jesus stones the woman. And second yeah. of all, I'm pretty sure admitting uh, that, that he's a sinner, it goes against every single tenet of Christianity.
1: Right. And I think that is, obviously the point for them, because if Jesus is a sinner, well, then he's not God. He's not an infallible, perfect being that um, the Bible purports him to be. So I think that is the message that the Chinese government's trying to send. Well, this guy's a sinner too. So he's, he's not God. What are you following them for? Just come on into the Communist Party. So, I mean, I think it's so ridiculous because you'd think they'd be subtle about it. But then again, Here's China, who's unleashing plagues on the world, uh, rounding up Muslims, letting the BBC in and going, take a look. This isn't prison. And, uh, you know, they're they're coloring and they're doing art. Can you do art in prison? Yeah. The, the point of a prison <laughs> is you can't leave. But, but the point is, the point is they say this stuff oh. out loud and they think this is making them look good. I mean, you know, the Olympics are there right now. And you've got, you know, their henchmen out there shaking down reporters live on television you know, I, I'm not sure they understand how it looks to the outside
0: world. Well, after hearing about this project, I'm shocked that a plague uh, hit that particular nation. Uh, <laughs> stunner. <laughs> um, so what does China want out of this? What's the, I mean, because sure, you know, there's there's this idea that, you know, undermining uh, the Bible might help the party. But is it is it about that? Is it about control? Uh, what are they actually trying to accomplish here? I think it's probably a little
1: bit about of both, because, again, they view they view anything that challenges uh, the ultimate authority of the communist government is a threat to them. So they have to knock it down a peg or two. Uh, And so I really do think that it is about control. Uh, It is about power. Uh, They don't like it when citizens have a reason not to listen to them, because, I mean, they must know. I mean, I joke about them not knowing how it looks, but they've got to know, because they try to hide this stuff for the most part, um, that it's bad, right? And that what they're doing is wrong. And so when people in Christianity uh, and even other religions to some extent have at least some moral guiding principles other than the Communist Party line, they have to be able to realize that that's not good for them because people are going to go, hey, wait a minute, what you're doing is wrong. And then the the jig's going to be up for them. So I think um, it's mostly because of that, that they need to keep people in line. I mean, look, it's... I mean, what always happens in socialism, communism, is you have to control the people. And, I mean, China's huge. It is a huge country. So it's probably getting pretty difficult to try to control these people now. And uh, the bigger it gets and the bigger it gets, so they try to stay on top of this stuff as much as possible. I mean, that is... I mean, that is my best assessment of the situation and what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you see dictators all around the world. I mean, they, they target uh, religions they see as a threat pretty commonly. I mean, this is something that most dictators do at some level. But you're seeing in China this, they really go to a, uh, you know they put everything under a microscope. They go down to the neutron level with all this stuff. Uh, rewording Bible the, the Bible is one thing. Um, They're even doing this with Hollywood where... You know, Mm. movies are being edited from being Chinese villains into North Korean villains. We've seen that they've edited the end of Fight Club so that the terrorists don't win. they Instead, lose and are just, you know, arrested by Chinese authorities or something. Uh, (laughs) They're doing this like where they don't want their people to hear even a story of an underdog going up and and um, taking on the government and winning. And it's got to be, if you are a person who is wise to the world, uh, maybe who's traveled or does business and goes around the world, and you come back to your home in China and you realize what they're doing, it's, it's got to be terrifying.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you look at North Korea and they, I mean, the people that escape out of there, they're brainwashed. I mean, they are brainwashed because North Korea really doesn't let you see anything. So um, a- another good example of that censorship is CNN, which I don't know why China wouldn't let CNN on. Because it probably would help them in the long run, but <laughs> uh, but what they do is you can be watching CNN in China, and uh, the minute a segment comes on about China, the screen just goes black, just goes dark. Like they they don't show it. Then then the minute they're done talking about China, it comes back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is the that is the incredible level of mind control that they're trying to have over these people, and. And look, they, I mean, people might yell at them now, and maybe they're just playing this long-term game. I mean, they already said it's a 10-year goal. But when you control the churches, when you control what's in the Bible, and then that's the only Bible that's going to be approved by the government. Obviously, they're not going to let you sell other Bibles there. Um, what happens in 20 years, in 30 years, if other, you know, the actual Bible's not getting in there? You know, a couple generations down the line, and who knows what this country's going to believe about Christianity. I mean, I even look just in the Bible when you when you look at the stories and then a couple generations go down the line and it's incredible. I mean, it's like you've got um you know uh, Joseph when he when he goes up the ranks, when he goes into, you know, Pharaoh as a slave and then gets promoted, uh, you know, after he reveals the dreams and everything else, saves Egypt, you know, with the storing up of all the food, and then a couple generations later like you know, that Pharaoh dies, there's another one. They don't even know who Joseph is. They're like, what, who's this guy that was here before? Mm. So, uh, point is a couple generations go by, they're playing this long game. If they succeed in this measure, I mean, people are going to have a really warped view of Christianity.
0: It's, it's very true. I mean, you're only one generation away from the loss of freedom. Um, and it's amazing watching as, as I mean, I haven't watched the Olympics at all. But, no, me and, and I, honestly, like, I don't care about the Olympics. Uh, I don't want to watch them in any country. But like, I've really intentionally stayed away from them because I can't, you can't support this. I mean, this is, you know, we have a, a country in the middle of committing a genocide. It is, you know, it's like North Korea, like, um, you know, some of the European uh, craziness of, of the past century. And we're watching that go on in, in numbers that are somewhat similar. And we're supposed to tune in to watch the ski jump uh, in their country where there's no, by the way, where there's also no snow. Um, (laughs) snow. So, uh, you know, what is the what is the damage being done by the world embracing Beijing in the middle of all of this?
1: I think a lot. I mean, I think, well, first of all, they're doing the damage to the ratings because you're not the only one not watching it. There are a lot of people not watching the Olympics right now, judging by the ratings. But it is it just really gives you this sense that there's no justice because it's like. You can, I mean, I just saw stats, uh, Stu. I was looking at um, who had the worst per capita performance of COVID in the the globe, Mm. you know, deaths per capita. And guess who was second best? (laughs) China. (laughs) Like, wow, you guys nailed it. Wow. It's so weird how you knew exactly what to do there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So the point is they're lying on the national stage about this virus that has plagued the entire globe for the last two years. They lie about it. So we don't even know what the truth is on how this thing came out. Um, not only that, there's an ongoing genocide that's been labeled by several countries in China. And we just reward them with an Olympic Games. It's it's an absolute, you know, travi- travesty of justice here. And, you know, they want to just make it go by like it didn't even happen. I mean, I, it's just... Uh, I mean, what signal does that send to any other country who's, um, you know, doing this kind of stuff and worried about if they're going to get away with it? It's kind of like, oh, well, if you got the money, then you're good.
0: Yeah. And to see NBC basically embracing this as if uh, it's totally normal is like. Well, I mean, with NBC, it's like the 15th most embarrassing thing they've done this week. But still, it's really bad. Dan Andros, managing editor of Faithwire.com. The new piece is China's communist government is reportedly rewriting the Bible and calling Jesus a sinner. But that's not all. That's not all. And they have the details, by the way, in the piece uh, of the stories we talked about. You can actually read the new translations and everything. It's really amazing stuff. Uh, don't forget to follow Dan on Twitter as well, at Dan Andros. Dan, thanks for coming on the program.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: If you're trying to buy or sell a home in these times, you know it can be challenging. If you happen to be moving from one of these, you know, blue states to a red state, which I know many of you have, you've got to find a, a real estate agent in the new area to buy a home. And a lot of people do the thing that I think I wanted to do back when I was first buying my first house, which is, you know, you, you're looking online, you're looking in the ads, what I don't even remember where you'd see it, but you'd see the the real estate agent attached to the house, and you'd be like, oh, I guess I call that person to buy this house. Well, you need a buying agent. You need someone on your side. You need someone fighting for you. Uh, If you're selling a home, you need someone who knows the market and can help you get the most for your sale. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. No matter where you are in the country, find the best real estate agent in your area at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, I've told you this a few times before. Uh, so at this point in his presidency, as far as approval rating goes, Joe Biden is worse than Harry Truman, Dwight Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H. W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush. And Barack Obama. And it was at that point in the presentation, I would stop and give you a disclaimer where I would say the only person that Joe Biden is higher in approval rating than at this point in their presidency is Donald Trump. And, of course, Trump came in in a totally different, weird situation, a very divisive figure, a guy who is not even in the world of politics. Trump never got that honeymoon period that almost every president gets at the beginning. And so I'd always have to give that disclaimer. Well, guess what? Not anymore. Joe Biden has fallen to the levels of Donald Trump now in the latest uh, measure, 41.4 percent for Joe Biden. An exact tie with Donald Trump, who is also at 41.4 percent. And you see Biden with several months, five or six months of honeymoon where he was above 50 percent and then has slowly declined to the depths of the person they called Hitler, Donald Trump. Uh, it's amazing. He is now worse than every president ever. Ta-da. So there you go. Uh, let's take a quick look into the world of Joe Biden, by the way. Um, everything, you know, we call it a dumpster fire. It's even bigger than that. In fact, it's a cargo ship fire right now. There's a cargo ship carrying 1,100 Porsches and other luxury cars burning and adrift in, this, in the ocean. Now, this is kind of an amazing one because um, there's not only 1,100 Porsches, but 189 Bentleys on the ship. The ship's on fire. The crew had to bail. They were rescued. So now the thing's just floating out there. And I guess, you know, you can go get, go get yourself a Porsche or a Bentley uh, if you want to later on. It's just kind of hanging out there. If you can find one that hasn't caught on fire yet, congratulations. Um, now, I uh, happen to be a little personal news for you. Uh, I happen to be uh, this weekend celebrating my six-month anniversary of ordering a new car. They have not made the car yet. It has not been shipped yet. It has not been built yet. It has not started to be built yet. It, in fact, the order has not even be pull, been pulled yet. That is where I am six months after ordering a new car. And I, you know what? Every month, let's make sure we get the, I think it's the 20th, which is, uh, what is that, Sunday? Uh Let's mark that down on the calendar, uh, Adam, in the studio, so we can remember to celebrate each and every month that goes by where I can't get a car that I ordered to even be have an order pulled, let alone be delivered. Um, but if you ordered one of these cars, oh man, you are cra- you are out of luck. Uh, this this guy Matt, this is they feature this guy Matt Farah. He's a car enthusiast, order uh, ed- editor of the Smoking Tire has been waiting for his 2022 Frozen Berry Metallic. That is a delicious sounding flavor, by the way. Frozen Berry Metallic, Boxster, uh, Boxster Spider, a Porsche with a retail price of about $123,000, modified to his precise specifications. He ordered it in August, which is also when I ordered my car. Uh, the best sports car of all time, hands down, he says. Well, he's, it's not so great anymore. Uh, He got disappointing news on Wednesday from his dealer. I got a call from my dealer. My car is now adrift, possibly on fire, in the middle of the ocean. That sucks, man. So I think as far as maritime law goes, uh, and I learned this from uh, one of the seasons of The Wire, I think. um, If you go and you uh, go out to the ship, you can just get like a free Porsche or Bentley. Uh, now, I don't know if it actually counts as free um, because it's just salvage now, but you do have to figure out a way to get it off of a boat in the middle of the ocean and hope it's not on fire. So there are some, you know, some restrictions to apply. Uh, by the way, we also have uh, this, and this, this might be the saddest thing I've seen since season five of The Wire from anybody in Baltimore, but especially the Baltimore Sun. A pathetic, groveling, endless... Apology for what? I guess being racist a hundred and something years ago. That's what they're apologizing for. This is the real headline. We are deeply and profoundly sorry. For decades, the Baltimore Sun promoted policies that oppressed black Marylanders. We are working to make amends. And I mean, it's, it's an endless detailing of all, I guess, their racial crimes. What's interesting about this is at times when they were doing this, it was outright illegal to do. They're admitting to crimes. I think uh, you're not allowed uh, to uh, discriminate against uh, black people uh, today. You may have heard this rumor. It's true. You're not supposed to be doing that. Uh, and they're admitting to, of course, in their sort of woke way of all these uh, transgressions they've committed. They're telling you their list of crimes. And it's all right here. Now, some of this stuff goes back a long, long way. Let me give you just a couple of examples that they particularly highlight. Um Classified ads selling enslaved people or offering rewards for their return, the first of which appeared just two months after the paper's launch in May 1837. So if you happen to be uh, a slave and uh, you've been around since 1837, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you lived a long life, but uh, you got your sorry. So it's only been, you know, like a couple hundred years ish. But uh, everything's okay. Um, Editorials in the early 1900s seeking to disenfranchise black voters because, as the Sun opinion writers wrote, the exclusion of the ignorant and thriftist Negro vote will make for better political conditions and to support racial segregation in neighborhoods to preserve what Sun writers called the dominant and superior white race. Wow. A failure to hire any African American journalists before the 1950s and too few black journalists ever since. Uh, the identification of black people by race in articles into the early 1960s. Um, And it goes on and on and on and on with a litany of things that they say that they did wrong. And quite clearly, they did do a lot of things uh, that were wrong. In fact, everybody that was alive in 1837, I think, would look pretty racist today. Even the people I mean, they're they're knocking down statues of people who were abolitionists. We have changed the way we think about these things in many ways for in a really positive direction. Uh, But I don't know. What does this do? Is there an African-American who is living in Baltimore, who, you know, goes to work in Baltimore, who might pass crime on the streets, a carjacking, a drug dealer on the streets and think to themselves, damn, what about that ad in 1837? What are they going to do about that? Is there anyone who feels that way? I mean, this is just it just seems uh, nothing else other than pandering. And finally, let me give you this. This is from another peek into Joe Biden's America here. I know you are as big a fan of women's swimming as I am, so let's watch the latest 500-yard freestyle with your favorite women's swimming team, Penn University. Here it comes, uh, there's Leah Thomas. Thomas heads in for the final turn. Who is going to be a race for second place? It might one be one month ahead one of one two With Baroker making the turn currently <laughs> in second place, and over the last half of the pool, nobody will touch Leah Thomas. No way. Who will finish Again? at 4:37.32? Now she takes, Leah she's Thomas, actually, she has like Ivy League champion in the three second place to Catherine Baroker. Ah, I had Baroker the whole time. Had her at 258,000 to one, too. Still couldn't pick it off, unfortunately. I will say the one good thing about this is gambling is getting a lot easier when it comes to women's swimming. <laughs> I mean, that's the good thing. You can talk about all the negatives here, sure. But when you're getting on uh, when you getting on FanDuel later on tonight, you're going to be able to get that uh, winner. I think pretty much every time. Congre- I will say this. A lot of conservatives have complained about the whole Leah Thomas thing, but there's something about it I like. And I know I shouldn't, I, sh- I shouldn't go down this road, but you know, you know what women's sports needed so it wouldn't suck so much? Men! The, the whole time, all they needed was men in the sport and it would become entertaining. It's incredible. Congratulations to my favorite female swimmer, Leah Thomas. So do you like a good snack throughout the day? Do you like to not be, I don't know, look like a giant balloon, a blimp? Do you like that? Well, built Bars are here to save the day. Uh, Think of some of these great flavors, raspberry, coconut, mint brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate, and so many more. Plus, they've got some wild ones like lemon-dipped cheesecake, banana cream pie. They're always churning out new ones. I remember around Christmas they had gingerbread and eggnog. I mean, they just just like trying stuff. Uh, They have up to 18 grams of protein, 180 calories or less. I think the gingerbread one was like 130 calories. Four to five grams of sugar, four to five net carbs. You can take care of your sweet tooth and still be healthy. Why wouldn't you do this? Built.com is the place to go to get Built Bars. You can use use the promo code STU15 to save 15% off your first order. The promo code is STU15 for 15% off right now at Built.com. Make sure to follow along with the podcast. Let me uh, give you a place to go. Spotify. Have you heard of it? Yeah, we're on there. Uh, you can subscribe and listen to every episode on Spotify. They've been standing by Joe Rogan and uh, talking about, I don't know, things like free speech. And uh, even if you don't agree with the uh, content, maybe uh, you actually allow people to say things. Uh, this is a crazy, wacky, wild idea. Uh, and we, as long as Spotify is sticking it out uh, with Joe Rogan, I, I'm... I mean, they have invested $200 million. That is, by the way, slightly less than they paid me. Uh, That's just, I'm not going to give you the details of the contract, but it is slightly less. Uh, But go to Spotify, follow us, and you can listen to every show there. Even if you listen on another podcast platform, go there and follow the show on Spotify. Give them a little support as they support uh, Joe Rogan. Um, Five stars is the appropriate number of stars when you rate and review. We do appreciate when you do that. Uh, And you can really write whatever you want. I don't care, in the review. Like this one, I used to be a fan. Now I'm an air conditioner. It's great. Whatever. Whatever. Perfect. Five freaking stars uh, lit. I love this stupid show. Yes. A lot of the reviews do call the show stupid, but that's OK. Five freaking stars over on YouTube. You can comment live on the show. youtubecom slash does America. Mike says great show. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Patrick is talking about our uh, show on Quintez Brown. He says Quintez Brown is interviewing to get a job at CNN. I think he's a lock for an anchor spot. And that might be true. He did uh, try to assassinate someone. So he kind of fits in to the vibe there, though I will say, as far as I know, he hasn't sexually harassed anyone. So he may need to do a little bit more work before he actually gets the gig over at CNN. Okay, so here's what happened. Alabama's hazardous device unit was called out to check on two suspicious packages located on the front steps of the federal courthouse. Several officers responded, including motor officers who set up a perimeter around the building, blocking adjacent streets. All that goes on. When they finally check out what the package is, it's uh, Taco Bell. Uh, five, Five beefy layer burritos, a bunch of Doritos, Locos Tacos. I will say, it is suspicious that someone would leave Taco Bell behind. That sounds like the real crime here.